Everybody, good to see you guys. You made it through the weekend. Well, congratulations for that. Hi, this is Bob Browell, and this is the the best old time radio podcast. And I welcome you to Monday because on Mondays we play an old time radio comedy, and we've got a great one lined up for tonight or today. So whatever the day has brought you so far. Just sit down for a minute and relax. Let the worries of the day leave you and get your feet up, get comfortable, because we're going to make you laugh in just a minute. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Monday, Monday, it just turns out that way. Potentious or polite Ready tomorrow tonight <laughs> Alright, what we have this week is an episode of the Great Gildersleeve And this one was from June 1950 So it was well into the show Which was first introduced, I believe, in 1941 Now This was the last show of the season before they went on summer break. On the previous week's show, the Jolly Boys had bought a houseboat that they would share. Now, what we're going to have tonight is Gildy planning on using this houseboat for a family vacation. It really gets into a pretty funny episode, and there's a really great payoff at the very end. Also, Marjorie and Bronco had just been married earlier in the month. So that's where we are in the timeline. Marjorie, of course, is Gildersleeve's niece. At the very end of this episode, Hal Perry goes through the entire list of cast members, which was not an unusual thing to do on the last show of a season. They still do it on television sometimes today. And that's kind of a fitting tribute. It is significant for another reason, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. So here we go. This is The Great Gildersleeve. From June 14th, 1950, and the name of this one is Vacation Plans. And here it comes. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) 
the great Gildersleeve had spring fever today. He was moving around the office about as fast as Leroy's turtle. <laughs> but things began to pick up for the water commissioner when the mayor asked him if he'd mind taking his vacation right away. Do I mind? <laughs> Children, Leroy, Marjorie, Bronco. I've got a lot of children. Where is everybody? You call me, Uncle? Yes, Leroy. Where are Marjorie and her bridegroom? Oh, they're out swinging in the hammock. I put it up and they took it. Darn lovebirds. <laughs> well, lovebirds need a swing, Leroy. <laughs> if you ask me, those two need a cage. <laughs> now, Leroy, let's go out and talk to them. I'm taking my vacation this year, the last two weeks in June. That soon? Oh, boy, where are we going, Aunt? Well, let's talk it over with Marjorie and Bronco, huh? Gosh! You. Gosh, are they going too? They just got back off a honeymoon. But Leroy, a honeymoon isn't a vacation. What's the difference? On both of them, you take trips. <laughs> well, there's a difference, Leroy. A honeymoon is without pay and a vacation's with pay. <laughs> uh-uh. Look at the newlyweds swinging in the hammock. Yeah. Um, can't just you and I go... What? I need a vacation from that lovey-dovey stuff. Hmm? Makes a little kid not even want to grow up. <laughs> Listen to him, Unc. Hmm? Isn't this wonderful, Bronco, darling? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the luckiest person in the world. I've got you. No, Marge, darling. I'm the luckiest. I've got you. <laughs> no. I'm the luckiest. Oh, no. I'm the luckiest. They'll both be lucky if that old hammock doesn't break. <laughs> Marjorie? Anyway, I'm the happiest person in the world. What did I tell you, Unc? Standing right beside them and they don't even see us. Love is blind. No, just a little deafly, right? <laughs> Marjorie, Bronco, children. <laughs> Leroy. Oh, Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hello, Anki. Yeah, we were just swinging in the hammock. Yeah, so I noticed. I thought I'd come out and talk to you about vacation. Yeah, Unc's got the last two weeks in June. Oh, that's wonderful, Anki. Well, that'll be in a couple of days. You bet. I'm a fast worker and a fast vacationer. How about it, Bronco? Can you take the time off from the real estate business? Well, I'll ask the boss. Huh? How about it, boss? Okay, Bronco. Uh, thanks, boss. Yep. You see, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm my own boss. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good, Bronco, very good. I can see this is going to be a great vacation. Oh, yes, sir. Marge and I are ready. I made a little money off you and the Jolly Boys when I sold you that houseboat, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, yes. Oh, where are we going, Unky? Are we going to rent a cabin in the mountains again? How about a dude ranch, like the Bar 20? Now, take it easy, Hoppy. <laughs> We've had some very heavy expenses this year, what with the wedding and all. Yeah, that set you back, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I've been thinking we might vacation on the houseboat. On the houseboat? Hey, that'd be king. Sure, we can cruise down the river and stop whenever we feel like it. Have our own private riverboat. Boy, just like Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, you've got a dandy idea there. Huh? It does sound like fun, Unky. Bronco, we can stroll on the deck in the moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Captain Gildersleeve will be on the bridge smoking a cigar. And I'll be catching catfish off the poop deck. 
That's right, Leroy. Mr. Gildersleeve, who's going to cook the meals? Meals? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He would think of that. Growing husband. Well, for two weeks, I guess I could cook. I'm not going. <laughs> Leroy. I'm not going to let that happen to my catfish. <laughs> oh, Leroy, my cooking isn't that bad. Yeah, of course it isn't, my dear. But why don't we play safe and take Bertie, huh? Oh, good idea. Yeah? Not that I don't think you couldn't do it, Marge, darling, but... We're still on our honeymoon. A born diplomat. <laughs> well, it's all set then, huh? We'll vacation on the houseboat. Well, have you talked to the other jolly boys about it, Uncle? No, I just got the idea. I'll tell Peavy and the fellows about it tomorrow. Bye, George. This is the most wonderful idea I ever had. Hey, Uncle, what if the jolly boys want a vacation on it, too? Leroy, they'd never think of that. No. <laughs> Hello, PV. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you this morning? Well, you can just listen, PV. I want to tell you about a great idea I have. You don't say. You bet. PV. You know, that's quite a coincidence, Mr. Gildersleeve. I just had an idea myself. Care to hear it? Well, after I tell you mine, PV. <laughs> Thinks he's the only one that can have an idea. Huh? I was just telling the little family. Blowhard. Yeah. <laughs> Peavy, are you listening to me? Well, every word. <laughs> well, I was telling the little family about my idea. Well, I was telling Mrs. Peavy about my idea. Peavy, listen to me. I'm the customer. You're not a customer till you buy something. Well, I'm not going to buy anything. Very well, then you can listen to my idea. Oh, my goodness. I was telling Mrs. Peavy we should spend our vacation on the houseboat. Well, that's fine, Peavy. The little family and I have... D what? The houseboat. That's my idea. <laughs> I said it first. Yep. <laughs> All right, Peavy. When do you plan to use the houseboat? Well, Mrs. Peavy and I thought we'd cruise the last two weeks in August, after the mosquito season. Well, that won't interfere with my plans a bit. I'm going before then. Mm, so is the judge. What? Oh, well, here he comes now. Good morning, Judge. Ahoy, shipmates. Batten down the hatches. We're expecting a blow. <laughs> <laughs> A seagoing old goat. <laughs> Horace, what's this about you using the houseboat for your vacation? It's quite true, Gildy. I was just talking to the chief about it. The chief's in on this, too? Yes. He wants the boat the last two weeks in July. Oh? And I'm taking it the first two weeks. Well, that still leaves the last two weeks in June for me. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you wouldn't? Floyd's spoken for it then, Gilda. Floyd? Now, wait a minute. Why didn't you jolly boys discuss this thing with me? I'm the president. Well, the president does, doesn't have to know everything. <laughs> you failed to attend our last meeting, Mr. President. You preferred to go romancing with Miss Milford. Well? Besides, why take a busman's holiday? We never dreamed the water commissioner wanted to take his vacation on the water. <laughs> All right, Judge. Bye, George. I'll take this up at the next meeting, Saturday night, and I'll be there. Hey, Unc, you meeting with the Jolly Boys tonight? That's right, Leroy. You think we'll get to use the houseboat for our vacation, huh? Do you think we will? Don't worry, my boy. All I've got to do is convince him that the president should use the houseboat first. Who's ahead of you now, Unc? Well, Floyd Munson, the barber. Yeah? 
Why don't you tell him to let you go first or you'll quit getting haircuts? Huh? I will, too, gladly. <laughs> now, Leroy, you're not letting your hair grow long. Why not? It'll cover my ears. <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, that jolly boys meet Miss Gillsleeve? Yes, Bertie. You think we're going to get to sail on schedule? Well, that's why I called the meeting tonight, Bertie, to thresh this thing out. Yes, sir. I sure hope nobody throws a monkey wrench in the threshing machine. <laughs> Bertie ain't had a vacation since last year. Yeah, well, neither have I, Bertie. And I sure hope this comes through. Bertie wants to go sailing. Don't worry about a thing, Bertie. I'll handle everything. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean it. Remember, I'm the president. Well, I guess we're in. We'd better be. Yes, sir. Bertie can't wait to walk the plank and get out in the kitchen gallery. Uh, that's galley, Bertie. Yes, sir. She can't wait to get out there and go cooking and sailing. <laughs> that's how Bertie wants to spend her vacation, just cooking and sailing. All right, Bertie. Miss Gilsley, do you know how Bertie wants to spend her vacation? <laughs> yes, Bertie. That's right, just cooking and sailing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd better swing this deal. Everybody's cooking on it. I mean, counting on it. <laughs> well, Gildy seems to be a little late. Yes, where's our president? Well, we can sing until he comes, Chief. Floyd hasn't arrived either. We can't sing without a piano player, Phoebe. Hmm, let's sing a cappella. I don't believe I know that song, Chief. <laughs> that means without music, Phoebe. Well, there's not much music the way we sing. Now, Phoebe, is that nice? Well, how about something with a with a good bass? Many brave hearts are asleep in the deep. So... Very good, Chief. Very good. Mm. I'd prefer something on the romantic side. For instance. I dream of Jeannie with a light brown hair. It sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Evie? Oh, maybe that's a commissioner. No, it's Floyd. Hi, gang. Oh, Floyd, Floyd, sit down at the piano. Ah, now, don't rush me. I got a letter addressed to us jolly boys. A letter to us? Yep. Here, let me get it here under the light. I'll read it, Floyd. I can read. Besides, it's my building. Go ahead. Well, who'd be writing to us? Hey, fellas, it's from the guy that used to own the houseboat. Oh? It says here he thinks it's only fair that we know a few things about the boat. What about the boat, Floyd? Hey, 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 get a load of this. The boat hasn't been corked for many years. How do you cork a boat? That's tarring the seams, Floyd. Oh. Tub must leak, huh? Well, what else does he say? Well, not much else except... Uh, the motor vibrates badly and has been known to shake loose and drop through the bottom of the boat. <laughs> Floyd, you still want to go on at first? Uh-uh. Well, it appears that somebody will have to spend some money to repair the boat. Well, don't look at me. I've put up all the money that I can. Thinking back, it was our president who talked us into purchasing the boat. Yeah, he's always conning us into something. Well... That sounds like the commissioner now. Well, hello, lodge members. Hi, hello, hi, commissioner. Are we ready to take up this houseboat business? Uh, speaking of houseboats, Commish, I just had a noble thought. You, Floyd? Yep. How would you like to take your vacation on the houseboat first? You mean it, Floyd? Yes, sir. I'm deferring to you, Commish. In other words, 
After you, Alfonso. Yeah, Alfonso? Well, uh, thank you, Floyd. Gildy, it seems the boat needs extensive repairs to be seaworthy. Yeah, it seems there's a leak here and there. Well, who knows more about how to cut off water than me, Floyd? <laughs> <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, the meeting's over, fellas. Floyd, this is the nicest thing you ever did for me. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Huh? Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. After reading a letter from the former owner describing the houseboat's decrepit condition, the Jolly Boys decided to let the water commissioner have the doubtful honor of vacationing on it first. How'd you talk Mr. Munson out of his two weeks, Uncle? Oh, it wasn't hard to do, Leroy. For some reason, he suddenly changed his mind. He seemed happy to let me go first. A oh, fine friend. The Jolly Boys must really love you, Uncle. Yeah, and I love them. I've invited them all down to the boat tonight for a party. Are they going to see us off? Well, they don't know we're leaving tonight, Leroy. I told them the party was just to christen the boat. Yeah? What's so secret about us leaving? Well, I don't want to give Floyd a chance to change his mind, Leroy. Now, did you get everything packed? Everything but my turtle. We're taking Elmer? Sure, he's up in the bathtub. The bathtub? Yeah. I've been getting him used to the water. We don't want him to get sick on us. <laughs> Who ever heard of a seasick turtle, Leroy? Well, Elmer's been with me so long he's almost human. Yeah, a little of him is beginning to rub off on you, Leroy. <laughs> now, will you forget Elmer for a minute and let's see if we can help Bertie with the provisions, huh? Well, Bertie's loaded. She's even baked the ham. Oh? Well, hello, Bertie. How's everything going? Food's all taken care of, Mr. Gillsleeve. Birdie's all ready to go cooking and sailing. Good. Leroy, you get out that ham. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Gillsleeve, what about that boat? The boat? What about it? Well, Judge Hooker called and said to tell you to be sure and check it. Is that boat okay? Well, the roof leaks a little, but I don't think it'll rain. Birdie don't mind the roof leaking. What she wants to know, does the floor leak? <laughs> <laughs> well, Birdie... You let me do the worrying, huh? Yes, sir. Leroy, you get out that ham. Okay. Yes, Leroy. <laughs> Bronco and I are all packed. Well, I guess we're all set then. Marjorie, you and Bronco take all the gear down to the boat and stow it away. So early? Well, we want to get it out of sight before the Jolly Boys arrive. Yeah, they don't know we're sneaking away tonight. Leroy, you get out that ham. <laughs> now, see you down at the boat, kiddies. Where are you going, on? Well, I don't want to go off on a vacation without saying goodbye to Miss Milford. Thought I'd run down to the hospital. Of course. You have to kiss your little nurse goodbye. I have no such idea. I'll just shake her hand. Oh, yeah? Leroy, get out of that ham. <laughs> uh, Catherine would be working. I'd much rather say goodbye to her at home than in a hospital. Not much privacy here. In case she does want to kiss me goodbye. Of course, I won't pursue the idea. Wonder what those bells mean. Probably some doctor getting four bells for a fine operation. <laughs> Is that Catherine coming down the corridor? 
Nurses all look alike in those uniforms. Yeah, it's Catherine. I recognize that walk. Throckmorton. Hello, Catherine. I didn't expect to see you here. Well, you know me, always doing the unexpected. <laughs> I'm quite busy, Throckmorton. Was there something you wanted? Well, I thought I'd stop by and see you. We decided to slip away on our vacation tonight. Oh, that's wonderful. Where are you going? Down the river. Down the river? On a boat. <laughs> Houseboat. Taking the whole family. Oh, that's nice. Have a lovely trip, Throckmorton. Okay, but wait a minute, Catherine. I may be gone for a couple of weeks. Won't see you. Well, I know you'll have a grand time. Yeah. Oh, if I'd known you were leaving, Throckmorton, I would have bought you a gift of some kind. That's not what I mean. I mean... I'm terribly sorry, Throckmorton. I'm awfully busy. Yeah, but... I have a patient in this room waiting for me. Goodbye, Throckmorton. Have a nice trip. But, Catherine... <clears throat> what a way to say goodbye. Can't leave her this way and spoil my whole trip. Why, George, I'll stand here till she comes out. The party can wait. Morton. Hello, Catherine. I thought you'd gone. Well, I remembered something I wanted to tell you. I didn't want to leave without telling you. What is it, Throckmorton? Eh, let's see. Very important, too. Um, um, what it was, Catherine, since I'm going to be gone and leaving and all, I thought that you might want to... Excuse wanna... me, Throckmorton. I have to get some ice water. Mm, ice water at a time like this. <laughs> well, I won't leave. I'll catch you coming back. The jolly boys get down to the pier before I do. They can start the party without me. They're only coming down to eat anyway. Yeah, here comes Catherine back again. Picture of ice. I'll melt that, brother. Uh, Catherine? Throckmorton, I thought you'd gone. Catherine? Not here, Throckmorton. There's nobody in the corridor. Well, Zeke. That's for me. I have to report to surgery. Yeah, so that's what they mean. Darn those bells. <laughs> Nothing to do but go down to the dock and the Jolly Boys and a ten-pound ham. Oh, what a party. The Jolly Boys certainly gobbled up Bertie's refreshments. If we don't start soon, we'll have to bring some more up off the boat. Mr. Gildersleeve? Hey, yes, Bronco? Everything's stored away. We're ready to shove off any time you Shh, say. not so loud, Bronco. I don't want the jolly boys to know we're going to sail tonight. What's that, Gilder? Huh? Uh, nothing, Judge. I'm just wondering if it's going to hail tonight. Oh. <laughs> it's a fine party, Commissioner. Well, thank you, Chief Gase. Careful, Peavy. Don't fall off the pier. Well, when do we christen the boat? Yes, I brought along a bottle for that purpose. A magnum of Kalak water, Judge? <laughs> well, I wouldn't hit it with that big bottle. It might sink your boat. <laughs> Seriously, Gelda, before you definitely decide to vacation on the boat, you should check its condition. Oh, sure, Judge. It's getting chilly here on the pier, fellas. Let's go aboard and we'll sing a song. Not me. What's this, Floyd? I sing better on dry land. <laughs> yes, why don't we sing here on the dock? I've got holes in my shoes. Oh, yeah, policeman. <laughs> Leroy! Yeah? Toss me my ukulele from the boat, huh? Okay, catch! <laughs> <laughs> Nearly fell on the water. What a big, Commission. Well, how about Moonlight Bay? We're all vacationing on the water this summer. <laughs> Please, PV. Here we go. Okay, you take the solo, Commission. <laughs> okay. We were sailing along. We were sailing Moonlight Bay, we could hear the voices ringing, they seem to say, 
have stolen my heart. Now don't go away. All together, folks. As we sing love's old sweet song on moonlight day. Thank you very much, Bertie. What wonderful, Uncle. Yeah. Uh, take a bow, fellas. Uh, how about another song, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yes, how about another one? All right. Ooh, Catherine. Hello. Hello. Catherine, I didn't expect to see you out here. Well, I felt badly about not getting to say goodbye at the hospital this afternoon. Well, so did I. Bon voyage, Throckmorton. Thank you. Bon voyage. Gildy isn't going anywhere. Why, he's leaving on his vacation tonight. Shh, Catherine. Oh, did I say something I shouldn't have? Hey, what's this about sailing tonight, Commissioner? Well, the cat's out of the bag. You may as well know, fellas, we're leaving tonight. But, Gildy, the boat isn't safe. That's right. I wouldn't risk it, Commissioner. Throckmorton, is it really dangerous? No, it's safe. Safe as a sieve. Yep. <laughs> he should not be allowed to go, Miss Milford. Really? Throckmorton, I don't want you to go if it's dangerous. Well, what's a little danger to a man like me? Bronco, get ready to start the motor. Aye, aye, sir. Now, what if the boat sinks, Mr. Gildy, please? Yes. Have you thought of the family? Certainly. Everybody can swim except me. Oh. <laughs> Rockmorton. Yeah. Hoist the anchor, Leroy. Okay. Wait, wait a minute, Rockmorton. Aren't you going to kiss me goodbye? Drop the anchor, Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be foolhardy, Gilday. Don't bother me, Judge. I'm busy. Uh, goodbye, Catherine. Goodbye. <laughs> Bronco, motor to the start. I mean, start the motor. Aye, aye, sir. I better get aboard. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Commissioner, I wouldn't go. Ouchie. Please, Gildy, it's dangerous. The boat needs repair. Yeah, that's why I let you go first, Commissioner. Look at this letter from the owner. Letter, Floyd? Yeah, it says the motor may drop through the bottom. Well, don't worry about the letter, Floyd. I wrote it. You, you wrote it. it. <laughs> We're starting on our summer vacation, folks. And if this darn houseboat will stop rocking, I'd like to take just a minute to thank all the people who are behind the scenes year after year to bring the great Gildersleeve program to you. First of all, there's our little family. Walter Tetley as Leroy, Mary Lee Robb as Marjorie, and Lillian Randolph as Bertie. Marjorie's new husband, Bronco, is played by Dick Crenna, and my little old girlfriend, Catherine Milford, is Miss Kathy Lewis. Earl Ross has been with us as Judge Hooker ever since the program began, and Richard Legrand created the character of Mr. Peavy years and years ago. The other jolly boys are Arthur Q. Bryan as Floyd and Ken Christie as Chief Gates. Bessie, my secretary at the Water Department, is Miss Gloria Holliday. During this year, we introduce you to Bronco's parents. They weren't on the program tonight, but when they are with us, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson are played by Joe Kearns and Jeanette Nolan. Our announcers are Jay Stewart and Jim Doyle. Our fine writing staff this year has been made up of Paul West... John Elliott and Andy White. 
The musical bridges and backgrounds are composed and conducted by Jack Meek. The sound effects, as usual, have been created by Monty Frazier, and Ray Ferguson is our engineer. The show is directed by Fran Van Hardisvelt and Max Hutto for NBC. And the sponsor, of course, is the Kraft Foods Company. We'd like to thank all of these people for their contributions, and we'd like to thank all of you for listening and for writing to us now and then. We hope to see all of you again in September. Please watch your newspaper for details. Thank you again for a nice season. This is Harold Perry saying good night. <laughs> Conclusion of tonight's program, the Great Gildersleeve is starting his summer vacation and a well-deserved one, too. Starting next Wednesday night, June 21st, at the same time and on the same network, Kraft will bring you the intriguing and popular mystery show, The Falcon, starring Michael Waring as the daring freelance detective heard previously on Sunday evenings over another network. Plan to be with us next Wednesday night. Follow the thrilling adventures of The Falcon in his skillful fight against crime. Now join the excitement of Break the Bank on NBC. That was the great Gildersleeve from um, June 1950, last episode of the season. And what's really significant about that, it was the last time that Hal Perry would play the great Gildersleeve on radio. See, CBS was in the middle of a talent raid in 1950 that had already tempted away Jack Benny and other stars at NBC, and Perry was offered a lucrative CBS deal of his own. Well, he chafed over NBC and Kraft's reluctance to let him use his singing voice more often on Gildersleeve and to give him more of the show's ownership than he already had. According to radio historian Gerald Notchman in his book Raised on Radio, which is a great read, by the way, Perry and his agents at MCA had negotiated fruitlessly to get Perry a bigger stake in the show's ownership. When CBS began luring away talent from NBC by offering the performers better capital gains terms, Perry signed with CBS. Kraft Foods, who sponsored the great Gildersleeve and owned the intellectual property, refused to move the program to CBS. Gildersleeve remained on NBC and Willard Waterman, whose voice strongly resembled Hal Perry's and who had known Perry since their radio days in Chicago, replaced Hal Perry in the title role. At CBS, Perry began a new situation comedy, The Harold Perry Show, sometimes known as Honest Harold. Radio veteran Joseph Kearns played veterinarian Dr. Yancey, who was very similar to the former Gildersleeve foil Judge Hooker. The new show also borrowed a few Gildersleeve plot devices, such as running for mayor and Aunt Perry being engaged to two women at the same time. It was what probably uh, was a desperate attempt to recreate the Gildersleeve magic that caused actress Shirley Mitchell virtually reprise her Gildersleeve role of Leela Ransom, but this time she was known as Floribel Breckenridge. Additionally, Honest Harold's secretary at the radio station, Glory, bears more than a passing resemblance to Gildersleeve's water department secretary, Bessie. Both are stereotypical ditzy blondes. Despite these efforts to recreate the quality and ratings of the great Gildersleeve, the Harold Perry show lasted only one season, 38 episodes. 
Perry went on to do other things. He had earlier appeared in four Gildersleeve movies. He also appeared in the Walt Disney movie A Tiger Walks. That was in 1964. And the Elvis Presley film Clambake three years later. He worked in TV playing a murderer in a 1965 episode of Perry Mason. That same year, he was in a Rod Serling scripted episode of the Lloyd Bridges Western series The Loner. He had recurring roles in several uh, TV sitcoms, such as uh, he played Herb Woodley in the TV version of Blondie, and he actually played Mayor Latrivia on the TV version of Fibber McGee and Molly. Perry also made guest appearances in numerous sitcoms, including The Dick Van Dyke Show, My Three Sons, The Adams Family, My Mother, The Car, Petticoat Junction, That Girl, uh, The Brady Bunch, and Love American Style. He died in 1985 of a heart attack in California. So this was the last time that Hal Perry appeared as the great Gildersleeve on radio, and you just heard it. Now, what we're going to do next week is play the first episode from the following year, the September 1950 episode that started the 5051 season. And you're going to hear Willard Waterman in the role, but you will find that you can hardly tell the difference. They really did uh, sound the same, and the mannerisms were the same. And really, uh, the great Gildersleeve just moved right along without a bump in the road. So now you've heard the last episode with Hal Perry, and next week we are going to play on our Monday comedy, the first episode that featured Willard Waterman. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week for our comedy, Monday comedy, but tomorrow we'll be back with an all-new drama. Uh, We're going to go out tonight with a uh, top song of 1950. This is one of the country crossovers. There was a lot of crossovers between country and pop in the early 50s. This one's by Red Foley. It's called Chattanooga Shoeshine Boy, and it was one of the top-selling records of 1950. And then right after that, we're going to do a Johnny Cash tune that uh, I think was pretty much inspired by the the, uh, Chattanooga Shoeshine Boy. All right. Well, this is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you came along today, and I'm so glad you met me. I'll see you tomorrow. Have you ever passed the corner of Fourth and Grand, where a little ball of rhythm has a shoe shine stand? People gather round and they clap their hands. He's a great big bundle of joy. Pops a boogie woogie rag, the Chattanooga shoeshine boy. He charges you a nickel just to shine one shoe. He makes the oldest kind of leather look like new. You feel as though you want to dance when he gets through. He's a great big bundle of joy. He pops the boogie woogie rag, the Chattanooga shoeshine boy. It's a wonder that the rag don't tear the way he it pop. You ought to see him fan the air with his hobbity hibbity hibbity hobbity hobbity hibbity hop. He opens up a business when the clock strikes nine. He likes to get them early when they're feeling fine. Everybody gets a little rise and shine with a great big bundle of joy. He pops a boogie woogie rag, a Chattanooga shine boy. Let him go. Mm, don't that tickle you? 
It's a wonder that the rag don't tear the way he makes it pop. Just listen to him fan the air. Here goes. He opens up for business when the clock strikes nine. He likes to get them early when they're feeling fine. Everybody gets a little rise and shine with a great big bundle of joy. He pops the boogie woogie rag, the Chattanooga shoeshine boy. The dirtiest job in town Bending low at the people's feet On the windy corner of the dirty street Well, I asked him while he shined my shoes How'd he keep from getting the blue He grinned as he raised his little head He popped his shoe shine rag And then he said, get rhythm When you get the blues Come on, get rhythm When you get the blues A jumpy rhythm makes you feel so fine It'll shake all your trouble from your worried mind Get a rhythm When you get the blues Get a rhythm When you get the blues Come on, get a rhythm When you get the blues Get a rock and roll feeling in your bones But taps on your toes Get your get a rhythm When you get the blues Well, I sat and I listened to the shoeshine boy And I thought I was gonna jump with joy Slapped from the shoe left and right He took his shoeshine rag and he held it tight He stopped once to wipe his sweat away I said, you mighty little boy to be a-working that way He said, I like it with a big white grin Stepped on a poppin' and he said again Get a rhythm when you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, it only costs a dime just a nickel a shoe. It does a million dollars worth of good for you. Get a rhythm. When you get the blues. 